It's going to be an awesome, awesome message about how Christ has fulfilled the law. Didn't want to abolish it. Didn't want to discard it. He wanted to fulfill it. And he narrows the 613 laws down to two main commandments that if we get this down, we can live out the law of God, the law of love in our heart and in our life. It's an awesome, awesome situation. So we bless God for that. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 22. Let's read from the 34th verse. Hey, let's do something different today. Let's all stand as we read the word of God. Amen? Let's all stand as we read the word of God. Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. I'm sorry, Kim, I have the, uh, the NLT today. I can read that, though. Keep it there. Okay, here we go. When the Pharisees heard that he had... Oh, NLT, there we go. Okay. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with this reply, they met together to question him again. Religious leaders, Pharisees, Sadducees. You see, the Sadducees were sad, you see, because they did not believe in the resurrection. And they came at Jesus with a resurrection question, and he blew their mind. They were stunned. They tried to, they tried to get him. They try to get them like we know in our culture today with news and journalists and all this. They, they throw out gotcha questions, right? They threw out a gotcha question, and the Sadducees lost. And here come the Pharisees. They looked at the Sadducees and said, hey, they blew it. We can get a one-up on them. Let's go get Jesus. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with the, his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, a lawyer, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you. It's life to us. It's active. We pray, Holy Spirit, you minister to it. We need to hear from you today, oh God. We need to be transformed by your power. We ask that you would do it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. How many growing up, maybe in your adolescence, you were one that just loved like rules and regulations and laws? Anything that you could abide by and 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 acquiesce to and obey was just awesome, wasn't it? Not for me much. Um, you know the saying, you tell a kid not to do something, immediately what do they want? They want to do it, right? Yeah. For some, the law is just a bunch of rules and regulations that you have to follow to keep God happy, to keep God off your back, kind of like a checklist. And if you're doing that checklist, you're okay. If you fail, you're in deep, deep, deep trouble. How many, when you're driving down the road, maybe on the 90, especially when the speed limit was 55, okay? Remember when the speed limit was 55? It was just like, come on, man. You know, the birds are flying faster than us. Let's go. Um, How many of you, as you're driving down the road, did the knowledge of the speed limit Diminish your desire to go faster and to get where you were going quicker. Did it diminish that desire? Not really, right? See, the law has an effect upon us 
where it doesn't change us. Paul talks about this law of God that because of the law, it brings up all the nasty stuff in our hearts and in our lives. The Israelites were given the law, Exodus chapter 20, and the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. And in that, in that Torah, it, which is called the law, there are 613 laws. There's the Ten Commandments, there's the sacrificial system, there's the, the ceremonial uh, laws, the food and, 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 and the cleaning, and all these laws where when Jesus came, they were more concerned about the letter of the law than the work of the Spirit to change their hearts. When you read in um, the Bible about all the Pharisees and all the religious leaders, what a facade and a charade, charade they lived, amen? When they fasted, they didn't shave, they looked miserable. And they walked into the temple and everybody said, whoa, they're fasting. When they brought their money, say they give $100, they exchange it into coins. So when they put it in the bucket, it could ring and ring and ring and ring. And everybody would say, wow, they are holy. The Bible says that they were so evil that they told people what to do, but they did not do it themselves. And Jesus said, listen, don't do what the Pharisees, the religious leaders do. Do what they say because it's the law, but don't do what they do. See, our problem with the law is that it tells us that we're not sufficient enough. We're not good enough. And it's completely true. Turn over to Galatians chapter, chapter 2. And we'll read this in uh, ESV. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16. The Bible says, We know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. We look at the nation of Israel. They were given the laws. Moses went up on the mount for 40 days, experiencing the glory of the Lord. Can you imagine how excited he was to come down with the Ten Commandments, only to find that his people had made a golden calf to worship? Right at the beginning of the glorious revelation of the Old Covenant, we see this desecration. We see the, the brutality of the human heart. We see the sin of the heart. And from the story goes on, a connected stories from each book of the Bible, it is revealed that God brings down laws to enable the people of Israel to live out a life of, of love and fellowship with God to show the nations of the world the glory of God, the goodness of God, the character of God, and the nature of God. And every time they failed miserably, failed and failed and failed and failed, they could not keep the law. Finally, we come to the prophets where Ezekiel says, listen, this isn't going to happen for you unless you get a, a new spirit, a heart of flesh that is changed and transformed by the literal spirit of God and the Spirit of God will come down and reside in you as you trust in Jesus Christ. This is exactly what ha happens. Ezekiel prophesied that. You need a new spirit. You need a new mind. And Christ, through Christ, that's offered. And then we come to Jeremiah, and we see that the very law of God, the very heart of God, the character and the nature of God will be in us in such an extent that we will know God, we will know His Word, and we will delight in His Word. And we will do the commands of God. We will live out our life of love for God because of the very Spirit of God within us. How many know that the natural man or the sinful flesh is hostile to God? Isn't that true? Cannot understand God. 
cannot have any revelation of God unless the Spirit of God makes your heart alive. We were on the bottom of the ocean, dead, and Jesus Christ quickened us. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, but the very life of God was imbued into us, infused into us, imputed into us, so that all of a sudden, our spirits became alive to the things of God. Aren't you glad that your spirit is alive to the things of God? Jesus said, I got to get, I got to get, man, I got to get. You know why? Because when I go, I'm going to be glorified. And at that point in time, I will send the comforter, the counselor, the spirit of truth, the spirit of righteousness that will come and manifest my life within you, conform you to the very image of Christ. How many know that you cannot live this Christian life without the Holy Spirit? Amen. So why do we try? Because we're fixers. We're doers. We're shakers. <laughs> we know how to do things, right? We trust ourselves. We trust our religious experiences. We trust our religiosity to see us through. And all, all along, we're dying. We're dead. We're confused and we're in confusion because we don't have the faith of God, the hope of God, and the peace of God. We don't have the love of God. If you're here today and you haven't, have never accepted Christ as Lord, and you're trying to live out this life based on what you know to be good and what you know to be decent, you will fail. Jesus Christ bridges the gap for us. He who knew no sin becomes sin for us so that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ. When we accept Christ as our Savior, all of a sudden, what we once thought as good and decent and allowable becomes an, an atrocity to us. Once we thought we could walk into the bars and take a drink, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is like, Woo! I'll do that again. And alarms and bells, and all of a sudden your conscience is alive to the, to the Holy Spirit's walk of holiness in your heart and in your life. You've never accepted Christ Jesus. You don't know what you're, what you're missing. The Holy Spirit comes down in your heart and in your life, makes real the very character and nature of God, makes you more like Him. And you know what? You love it. Isn't that something? You love it. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 10 says this, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. We were cursed of God. We were children of wrath. We were children of disobedience. We were children of the devil. Jesus Christ stepped down from his majesty and splendor, thought it not robbery, to come down and become human flesh, to take our place as lawbreaker, as sinner, Die in our place so that we might be the righteousness of God. Put your trust in Christ and Christ alone. John chapter 13. Let's turn over there. John chapter 13. And let's go to verse 31, I believe. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I say also to you, I skipped a few verses. Hold on. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now also I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. 
By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is a crazy, crazy thing. Friends, we think we understand what love is, don't we? I can say, say in the same sentence, I love pepperoni pizza with slices of pineapple, and I love my wife. Love, the love of God, the agape love of God is unconditional, sacrificial, and it dies to itself so that others might live. And that's what Christ is asking us to do here. Die to ourselves so that others might live. We love exactly the way Jesus Christ loves. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. Isn't that awesome? Jesus took his disciples. He began washing their feet. Let me, let me tell you about what's going on here. The cosmic Christ, the creator of the universe, took on human form and is washing the disciples' feet. Not just the disciples, but the very one that would betray him and deny him. Turn him over so that he would be destroyed. That's love, isn't it? See, there's freedom in this wonderful love. When, we're not, when we get our eyes on how we should behave and we get our eyes on how we really belong. Amen? We belong to God. God has possessed us. God's Spirit is within us. Allow Him to move and have His way in your heart so that you forget about the laws and the regulations and you fulfill the law of Christ by loving the way Jesus Christ loves, by allowing Him to be part and parcel of every part of your life. Amen? There was once this old saying in Christendom called the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The saying would go is, you might have accepted Him as Savior, but you probably never have taken Him as Lord. In this day and age, friends, the gospel is you take him as Lord or you don't take him as anything. Amen? He's asking you to give your life to him so that he could live his life through you in the glory of God. Love as he loves. Romans chapter 13 is an awesome passage of scripture. Nudge the one next to you. Okay. I see some folk checking out cracks in their eyelids. Okay, so let's... uh. Romans chapter 13, and let's go to verse 8. Previously to this verse, God was talking about paying our taxes, not getting into debt, not being ridiculous with our money, but being wise, being insightful, living a life of, uh, of diligence when it comes, comes to money. And then he says, he says this in verse 8, Owe no one anything except to love each other for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Isn't that amazing? Owe no one anything. How many of you have bills today? No. Thank you. They're your bills. Okay. How many like the Buffalo Bills? Wow, that's pretty bad. <laughs> let's, pray for, let's pray for the Buffalo Bills, man. Wow. Here's the thing. What God requires of us, He gives to us. Isn't that something? What God requires of you, He delivers to you so that you can give it back to Him for His glory. If you need financial aid today, ask God. He's our Jehovah Jireh. Amen? Deliverance and provision is in Jesus Christ. Owe no man anything but love. That means that our hatred and our prejudice and our resentment, and our bitterness, and our unforgiveness that we pay out to people on a daily basis, God says, no, no, no. Owe no one anything except love. Is there someone today that you need to forgive? 
forgive them. The Bible says, to the degree that we have experienced forgiveness, we love. Isn't that something? Know today that you are forgiven of God and that you belong to God. And he's going to give you the, the ability and the power to forgive. The ability and the power to rip out that root of bitterness, that resentment, that offense. How many of you today or this week have been offended? Right? How many of you have been offended? I was offended because I happened to be wearing New Balance sneakers, okay? And I was told that New Balance sneakers are for old people. How many? Get rid of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, get rid of them. Listen, New Balance sneakers, I love them. They were my father's. All right, he's 90, he was 91, he just passed away, but still. New Balance sneakers. Old. You ever speak and then you bring something up and then you completely forgot where you were going with it? <laughs> I guess the message is this. Don't buy New Balance sneakers or you'll be considered old. So at first I was like, yo, I am not old. I look old, but I am old. I'm 56 years old, okay? But there's things that people do to you where your flesh rises up, right? And you're like, I'm going to kill that person. Now, as I, in my mind, choke him out. No, it's not, it doesn't work that way. We love. Here's the thing about the law, and here's the thing about weakness and failure. These should drive us to the power, the authority, the, the dominion of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Don't dwell on it. Amen? If you failed, confess your sin. Go to God. Experience what God thinks of you. Experience what God has for you. Know that God has all things good for you. Amen? Amen? And that God is working a great, great good work in your heart and in your life. If you feel, if, if you feel like you're, you're not living up to the law of God, it's an indication that you need to be loved on by the Holy Spirit. Loved on by God. You have to have this sense that you belong to Him. Amen? When you fail, when you're weak. A lot of us are going through sicknesses, and a lot of us have the blahs, right? You ever have the blahs where you're just like, man, this is like blah, okay? It's at that time where you just come to the Lord and say, God, it's an indication that I need you. I need your Holy Spirit in my life. I need you to reinvigorate me by the, by the word of God and speak to me. The law, the Bible says, is eternal, it's good, it's holy, and it has a purpose of letting us know that we are not right. Amen? We are not right. And listen, if you're here today, you never heard that, that's the greatest news that you could hear. You're not right, man. But Jesus came to give you this righteousness that far supersedes your self-righteousness, far supersedes it. And he wants to encourage you in the righteousness of God. See, God gives us the righteousness of God so that we can make right choice is, Right? Right choices. You never make the right choice unless you allow the Holy Spirit to minister the love of God to your heart and to your life. When I, when I looked at this topic, I kind of got the feeling like when I go into Texas Roadhouse and have the desire to order the 32-ounce, uh, you know, big porterhouse steak, and, you know, everybody, yeah, do it, man, you can eat it, yeah. And then you order it, and then you're like, wow, okay, I'm going to take, like, Three quarters of this home, not the man that I thought I was, you know. This is kind of the message today. 
This is like 32 ounces of meaty God's word. It's tough to talk about in half an hour. That's why I want to encourage you as we get to life groups. Let's get into these verses. Let's talk about what it, what it means to live out the law of God, the love of God. God knows that what his people need is a total, complete transformation. If they are truly to be his people, loving him with all their heart, manifesting his love and glory throughout creation, they need to be reshaped, renewed, reworked, and remolded in his image, and God promises just that. Amen? I want to encourage you to get out to a life group Monday night, Tim Hortons, Tuesday night at the Cudmores, 49 Reed, Wednesday night, 48 Casanova in Buffalo, Daryl and Jamie, Mike and Kim Shreve, down uh, in the, the hamlet of Pinehurst, down on, on the uh, Lakeview. Lakeview, down in Lakeview, is uh, the Coast Life Group. And we had an awesome time this week, good reports of what God is doing, amen? Victory Ridge, we had 27 people, nine residents that came down to be prayed over, to dive into the Word of God. Guys, listen, the Bible says as we see the day approaching, we need to get together. Amen? Amen. We need to be together. We need to praise the Lord and worship. On Sunday, this great time of celebration, but when we get, to, get during the week, we can spur each other and stimulate each other for good works. And encourage one another in the purpose and destiny that God has for us. And that destiny is, forget about following the law. Forget about what you think self-righteously, what you're going to do for God to kind of let, make him love you more or to kind of let him appease you know, the wrath of... Forget it. Christ took the wrath upon his life so that we could be free. Enjoy the freedom in Christ. Amen? Amen. Enjoy loving on each other. Was that somebody's stomach, or was that a... Oh, a little baby. All right, cool. All right. Because they do have, like, anti-gas stuff that you can... No, that was a little baby. Praise God. Hey, guys, I want to encourage you this week. Love on each other. Amen? Love on each other. For me, it's been tough. Because my father passed away. It's been kind of a weird thing. I don't, I'm not mourning like normal people. <laughs> Kind of a long, extended kind of a thing. Because we look back at um, times when we didn't agree, when we had confrontations, when we had contentions. And I pray that God would minister to my heart His grace and His love. Amen? Amen. Perfect illustration to bring up grief share on Tuesday, starting in March. If you've suffered a, a death of a loved one, get in there and uh, be a part of that, of that wonderful experience. God is good. Amen? Let's love on one another. It's 11.33. Yes. Who wants to pray as we close today? You've had your time. We want somebody else. All right? We want somebody else. You're, you're back in the house, lady. God bless you. All right. Good to see you. Who else? Who else wants to? Richard? Come on up, Richard. God bless you. It's good to see Richard with us and, and Ollie. Good to, be, good to be with you, Ollie. God bless you. Thank you, brother. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Yes, thank you, Lord. Eternal Rock of Ages, we thank you for your word that has come forth this morning. 
Thank you for your speaker that you have used to bless us. Lord, we have heard about love, which is the greatest commandment in the Bible. Father, Lord, give us the spirit to love one another, to love those that have offended us, to love our enemies. Father, Lord, give us our spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, even as we have come to an end of this service today, we are not leaving your presence. Let your presence go with us. We pray that throughout this week, we all be blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. We also pray for our mother that is expecting a baby. We commit her unto your hand. That on the day of delivery, she will deliver like the Hebrew woman in the mighty name of Jesus. The blood will be normal, the water will be normal, and the baby will come in peace in the mighty name of Jesus. I use as a point of contact to reach as many that are believing you for babies, that you will bless them because the Bible said there shall not be any barren in the land. The Bible said multiply, be fruitful, and replenish the earth. So shall it be in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word that has come forward. We thank you for every blessing. Commit everyone unto your hand. As many as that are sick, receive your healing this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for your sister that went to the theater and came out with a good testimony. As many as are there right now, we use our testimony as a point of contact to reach them, that they will come out peacefully, safe, alive in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because we have answered the prayers. We also pray for those that are crying for food. Lord, Father, you are the great provider. Provide for them, Lord. We thank you for the church that has been using their, their help, reaching many that are crying there without any food to eat. The, the, those that have no shelter, Lord, provide for them in the mighty name of Jesus. Also, thank you for the church. Thank you for the good things you have been doing. Thank you for the new place that you have given unto them. Thank you, Lord, because they cry out. We don't have money, but we have you, Lord. Thank you because you are the great provider. We appreciate you for everything. We give you glory, give you honor, give you adoration. This is the confidence we have whenever we pray in your name, you answer us. Thank you because you've answered our prayers. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you, brother.